What's up, church planners and church planning enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. What's up, Matt? How you doing, man? Good, brother. How are you? I am doing awesome. Guys, you are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by Everyday Church Planters for the Everyday Church Planter. So whether you are a lead church planter, or you're on a planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, how's your week been going, man? Oh, man, it's been awesome. Had some really good things taking place, so it's been awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Like what? Well, so this past Sunday, uh, we're getting ready, uh, starting a new series in Nehemiah, which I love, man. I love the book of Nehemiah. Incredible. If you are a church planner... You know why I like Nehemiah? Why? Because he was Nehemiah, and I'm five foot four. (laughs) That's good, man. That's real good. You know, um, corny church jokes. <laughs> you make fun of my dad jokes. I did. You're right. <laughs> You're gonna be a great dad someday, bro. Get get that building up. Get those jokes built up. Thank man. you. Uh, yeah. I, I, so start a new series in Nehemiah, and if you're a church planner, put down every leadership book you have right now. If you haven't really dug into Nehemiah and just dig into Nehemiah and ask the Spirit to show you how to lead through that book. It's incredible. But anyway, start a new series in Nehemiah and uh, at Fellowship Pickering Church, I had the privilege to lead and uh, getting ready to go back into a little area where we spend some time in prayer uh, before the service. And I see this young couple, like kids, teenagers, um, back there just kind of hanging out outside of the school at this table. And so I go outside and the spirit is just like, go out there, share the gospel. So I went out there and uh, sat down with them, you know, and they're 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 smoking weed or getting ready to. They're rolling their stuff out there, you know, and uh, and and so I sit down, and start talking with this young couple, and uh, it's just sad, man. It's just the more you engage the harvest, the more you just see the brokenness. And this this young dude, uh, I, I won't say their names, but uh, he's in grade ten mm-hmm. um, in high school. She's in grade nine, and you know, Eric and I met. Eric was in ninth grade i was in uh 11th young love young love man (laughs) young love it was love at first sight for for me anyways yeah Yeah. had to do some convincing (laughs) on erica's part i hear you i hear you bro (laughs) same for me yeah uh but anyways man just sat down with them started talking and it was pretty evident like the spirit had been preparing some some things and so that was really cool got to share the entire gospel with them from start to finish um they didn't receive Christ, but they both said they were open and uh, exchanged information. But he got kicked out of his house actually out in Bowmanville, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is a community about 20 minutes east of Pickering, where James Greaves is actually planting mm-hmm. BR4 Church, um, and got kicked out of his house uh, basically because of drugs and stuff and um, living in a boy's home. Yep. And, uh, you know, this is on a Sunday morning, yeah. like at 10, 15, and they're just kind of walking around. And uh, so obviously parents aren't really engaged, aren't right. involved. Just kind of right. sad to me, right? Yeah, and sure. um, But, you know, but but it was great. Uh, so that was, that was a really good thing. Erica and my wife and the kids, you know, flew out to uh, Memphis. They're down in Memphis for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I'm living the bachelor M- life. Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee, baby. <laughs> Memphis Tennessee. So they, she, she messaged me last night. They've already hit up like Mexican restaurants. And oh man, my favorite Mexican restaurant, and and so man, you know. I'm totally envying right now. Absolutely. How's your week, I love bro? Me some, 
man, it's been good. You know, church planning is is up and down. We've been we've been seeing some really amazing things happen. Yeah, you guys have uh, over the past really couple months, and uh, really seeing God move, seeing a lot of. Uh, we're kind of at harvest time, I feel like, right yeah. now. Like, we're seeing a lot of people come to Christ, which has been really exciting. It's and harvest time. Matt, you are going to drive away all of our listeners. It's harvest time. <laughs> You're not a real Southern Baptist if you don't know that invitation. Right, but we're in 2018. We don't <laughs> sing that anymore. <laughs> you guys don't sing that at Fellowship Oshawa, man? We don't, oh, actually. Man. We don't. We do do a lot of hymns, though. Yeah, you do. We, we do. do, too. O'Dane's been... Good to do that. I love hymns. I really do. Me too. But yeah, man, you know, church planning's up and down. You know, like it's been great. And then sometimes you feel like, you know, nacho mm. like this. This is the worst lunch I ever had. Your only job is to cook. Do you not realize I have had diarrhea since Easter's? Since Easter's, bro. <laughs> okay. Maybe I am not meant for these duties. Cooking duty. Dead guy duty. Maybe it's time for me to get a better duty. <laughs> How many church planners have said, maybe it's time for me to get a better duty? There are times where you feel like that, but you know what? It ends up being so rewarding. Absolutely. In the long run. Absolutely. Well, man, um, let's go ahead and, and get into today's yeah, topic. We're going to be. Man. Talking the the title of our topic today, or title of our episode, is the greatest danger to every church planter. I kind of wanted to leave some intrigue in there, yeah. Because um, I think if you were to ask, uh, maybe you know, a lot of guys who are in planting that question, yeah. you probably get a lot of different answers. To be honest, because there's plenty of dangers out there. Yeah. Uh, but I'll go ahead and ask you, uh, what do you think are some of the greatest dangers to church planters, Matt? Gosh, man, you know, pride would be number one and in, in, in for me. And and I would say there are a plethora of different things, but I would just say identity. Hmm. Identity, identity, identity. This is really important. We talk about this all the time at the fellowship. Do you, it, is that your real answer or that, is it just because you knew the topic? Of that, that's my, that I plead the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> No, that's my real answer, man. That's my real answer. Listen, I'll tell you why that's my real answer. Because okay. I, I did know, I did know in full confession, I knew the topic. But that's my real answer because if if a planter, we're going to get into this, but mm-hmm. if a planter is not grounded in who he is in Christ, if a planting team member is not grounded in who he or she is in Christ, a Christian. If a Christian is not grounded (laughs) in who they are in Christ, like they are destined for for big, big trouble, man. Big trouble. That's right. So, yeah, I would say identity. That and sharks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, people say, what are you most scared of? And people people say, so we went to Jamaica, right? I took Erica to Jamaica, and she's like, is there any sharks out here? We're snorkeling. The dude's like, there's no sharks out here, man. (laughs) Okay, identity and sharks. Yes, two man. greatest dangers. Watch out for the sharks, bro. I, I had a professor, and uh, when I was in uh, undergraduate Bible college, and you know, he also used always used to say that you know the three besetting sins of every minister: is sex, money, and pride. And yeah. there's a lot of truth to that as well. Yeah. Uh, but I would think that uh, even more so for a planter would be, uh, like you said, 
uh, is making church planting your identity, making uh, church planting what you do, who you are rather than what you do. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing we want to communicate today is that church planting is not who you are. That's right. Church planting is what you do. Yeah. Uh, And we're going to talk about, you know, really who you are. And uh, I think the danger with this is that our confidence and our our view of ourselves. Uh, rises and falls based upon the perceived success, yeah. quote unquote, success that we're having yeah. in our church planting journey. So when yeah. things are going well, uh, then we're feeling great about ourselves. When things yeah. are maybe not uh, going according to expectations, yeah. uh, then we're not feeling so great. So why do you think church planters in particular are so prone to this danger? Oh, gosh, man. I, I, a lot of times it's uh, false expectations. We talked about that a little yep. bit before, but it's this idea of you think what your church is going to look like mm-hmm. that you plant, mm-hmm. and then none of it goes accordingly to plan. Nope. And you're like, um, "Wow, like I'm maybe I'm not called to this, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm not good at this, or gifted at this, or whatever it might be." And yeah. so planners get so wrapped up into into being quote unquote successful. And yep. and I would just say we gotta redefine what success is, man. Success is faithfulness. That's right. That's right. Success is faithfulness. I was uh doing discipleship with a guy before we came over here this morning and uh I'm talking to this guy about sometimes obedience is the fruit. Mm-hmm. Obedience is the fruit. Just doing what God tells you to do is the fruit. Yep. Because you might not ever see the evidence that the fruit bears this side of heaven. Yep. And so we talk about this all the time, you know, with planters. You know, if you're going to be a results oriented planter, just buckle up. You're in for trouble. Yeah. Because because you are going to have those low times. Yep. And right. you better understand how to lean into your identity in Christ. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's it's not going to be with how many people's coming to your church or mm-hmm. even I was talking to a group of players a couple weeks ago, man, like we can even get super prideful and find our identity in multiplication. Yep. You know, like we, we throw stones at the church is like, well, uh, all you do is count, you know, uh, numbers, you know, how much money you got coming in and how much people you got in the seats. Mm-hmm. But then I see this new trend of pride in multiplication. Yep. Well, we don't got a lot of people, but we multiply all the time. Look how many churches we've started. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And your identity's in that instead of Christ. I think that church planters by nature, from what I've observed, are achievers, right? Yeah. Uh, So they they tend to be go-getters most of the time. Uh, if you're going to make it at all in church planting, you need to be a self-starter. Right. Uh, you're you're going to be usually ambitious. You're a big dreamer. Uh, you know, we would call them, you know, on the, the fivefold ministry, apes, apostle, prophet, evangelist, yeah. shepherd, teacher. Usually uh, planters are apes, right. apostles or prophetic or, or yeah. evangelistic. By the way, we mean little a apostle. We don't believe yeah. that. There are actual Man, apostles. you didn't see the works of Jesus. So no, I did not. Okay, neither did you. So don't That's send true. us any emails. Yeah. Um. But you know, so guys are usually apostolically bent. Yeah. You know, things like that, and so they, I think, naturally, uh, I know for me, I tend to, uh, you know, dream big, and I, I long to see fruit. I long Amen. to see a huge impact made. Yeah. Uh, but it's when, and there's nothing wrong with wanting and desiring no. that. I think we should. Desire if you that, don't, there's a problem, right? right? Right, We should desire that the gospel should be preached to all nations, that lots of people should come to faith in Jesus. Yeah. But there's a difference in desiring that yeah. and then beginning to wrap our identity up in that. That's right. And you kind of touched on this. I think that what happens when we do that is that there's one of two dangerous 
side, you know, sides of the road ditches that we can slide off into. Number yeah. one is we just talked about it when things don't go according to plan, which is usually what happens when things don't go as well as we were hoping they would. Yeah. Uh, you sink into despair. Mm-hmm. So you begin to, you know, think, well, you know, something's wrong with me. You begin to question your calling. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Some guys will even think, well, I, I must not be, you know, living, uh, you know, a holy enough life or yeah. God's not blessing my ministry because I'm in sin. A lot of these legalistic type of uh, thoughts can begin to come in. You yeah. begin to even, you know, question your salvation in some yeah. instances, or you could be a guy who has smashing success right off the start yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, you get a lot of people coming out and the other side of the dish is pride, yeah. right? So yeah. you begin to go, wow, you know, yeah. look, Look at me. I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well at this yeah. thing. God's really blessing my ministry because I'm, you know, I'm abiding and I'm doing all this stuff yeah. and, you know, and I'm, you know, so, you know, I'm hot stuff right now. Look at how many churches we're multiplying. Yeah. Look at how many disciples I've made. Look at our baptism numbers mm-hmm. and we can begin to gloat over those things. And either one of them is extremely dangerous. Yeah, man. And just buckle up because God, what does God do? A good father, right? He lovingly yeah. disciplines his kids. Right. And so, you know, when you fall into those traps, like he's going to do whatever he needs to do yep. to realign you, to get you back into resting in him. Yep. So that's where we see a lot of church planners, you know, they're like, why am I going through all this persecution or this? Yep. Well, maybe it's because your father loves you yep. and he wants you to stop thinking you know, that, that your worth and your value is in starting churches mm-hmm. because it's not. Yep. Yeah. Well, and really what that is, like, I think the danger that we're touching on is it's self-pity and self-loathing, yeah. which is probably one of the primary sins of church planters. Yeah. And so, and I can speak from experience on this because I've been through that season. Yeah. You've been through it with yeah. me, you know, like you, you know, uh, you know, I went through a period like that where, you know, looking back on it, uh, I was basically just throwing a, a giant pity party for myself because, <laughs> yeah. you know, things weren't going uh, like I thought they should. But I brought the streamers and hats. And we're like, come on, put this yeah. hat on. Yeah. Throw this party. <laughs> but, you know, like I, I began to doubt my calling because, Absolutely. you know, we had uh, we had, you know, some people from uh, our core team leave early on. Yeah. We had a lot of disciples fall yeah. away. You just begin to question like. Uh, you know, thoughts go through your head like, is God even working here in the yeah. city? You know, and you know, you kind of get a little, kind of get a little bit angry. You're like, I yeah. just want to shake the dust off my sandals and <laughs> chunk the deuce to this place, you know. And but you're like, but <laughs> chunk you the what? Which... Chunk the deuce, man. That's H Town stuff. That's Houston. <laughs> chunk the deuce. Chunk the deuce. It's man, you too old two, for this. You, you put your two fingers sideways. Oh, you chunk the chunking, deuce. Chunking the deuce, oh, like right, saying peace, man. like goodbye. <laughs> Chuck in the deuce. Oh, You've never heard that before. I've never heard of it. You're man. from Memphis, man. You should, I should know these things, you man. You're from the dirty south. <laughs> from the dirty south. This is true. Yes. All right. We're going to chunk the deuce to that chunk rabbit the trail. <laughs> chunk the deuce to that rabbit trail, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, you know, that's happened to me, man. Um, and, I, and I remember really yeah. going through a period of time where I just felt almost estranged from the Lord. I uh, didn't feel... Uh, like God loved me. Yeah, the intimacy. Um, so, I mean, w- Matt, what would you say, you know, when planters get into a situation like that, what do they do? Oh, man. First of all, this is why we've talked about in the past, you better be under accountability. You mm-hmm. better you better have somebody in your life who's going to come alongside of you and lovingly say, hey, you are throwing a pity party. Mm-hmm. Jesus does want to work in your life. He's not left your community of 
165,000 people. There are people here that he's talking to, you know? So I would say, first of all, have somebody in your life that you're, that you're in relationship with, man. And, and, and here's the thing. It can't happen when you're under attack. That's, that's why we tell planners all the time. You've got to have that relationship before Satan begins to try to sift you because if you're not in brotherhood, if you don't have that kind of relationship, it's too late, man. Mm -hmm. And I I see casualties all the time in church planning because guys don't have that. And so when Satan does come and when he does um, begin to kind of sink his claws into people and men and their teams and stuff like that, they don't have anybody that says, hey, listen, you know, God is for you. He's for your city. He's for the kingdom and he wants to use you. So that's the first thing I would say. And Mm -hmm. then Man, the second thing is, go back to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. What does the Word of God say about you? You know, say the Bible. Satan comes to do three things: kill, steal, and destroy. Yep. So, th- those are not uh, that. Those are not maybes. That's truth. Like that's what the Word of God says. He comes to do. He comes to attack us. Mm-hmm. So, go back to the Word of God. The Word of God counterattacks by nature what Satan is trying to sow um, lies into your heart with. And so go back, look at the promises of God. There's over, what, 3,000 promises from God in the Word. Go back and and, uh, there's been seasons in my life where I've just felt despondent or distant and I haven't felt the intimacy or closeness with God. I open up the Psalms. I open up um, different parts of Scripture and I just begin, you know, people say to me, like, I don't even know how to pray. Pray the Word of God. Yep. Best thing you can do. So those are the two things I would say. That's so good, man. I, Psalm 42 was uh, definitely a passage oh, that was really um, just balm for my soul uh, during that season of my life. Yeah. If you're in any sort of depression or despair, man, go to Psalm 42, and I would encourage you to even memorize it because yeah. uh, David's kind of writing out of the pit of despair mm-hmm. in that psalm, but just preaching the gospel to himself. And that was I, I wrote down three kind of yeah. answers to that question, you know, what can planners do to guard against uh placing their identity yeah. uh, in church planting and rather than in Christ. And uh, the number one thing you just basically said it is remember that the gospel is for planters too. That's right. Um, beware of spending your whole week preaching the gospel to others while failing to apply it to yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it's easy for us to do that. Absolutely. It's really easy to begin, you know, even when you're spending time in God's word, uh, you can start going weeks and, and what you'll find yourself doing is you're reading the Bible and always thinking about how it applies to your congregation yeah. and to other people. And you're not applying it to your own soul and to yeah. your own heart. I think that we've got to really, that's why it's so important to have that personal quiet time in the morning yeah, where it's man. not sermon prep. That's if your right. sermon prep is your quiet time, you're in trouble. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. You need to have just quiet time with you and God where you're not thinking about the sermon. You're not thinking about the Bible study. You're not thinking yeah. about any of that stuff. You're just, it's between you and God. Yeah. Um, but, That's you know, good. we just got to remember, like, God doesn't demonstrate his love toward us by blessing our ministries. Yeah. He demonstrated his love toward us on the cross. That's right. And it's finished. Yeah. Like, it's already been it's done. done, man. So whether our ministry is, quote unquote, blessed, yeah. you know, or it's growing, has nothing to do with whether God loves us. Yeah, man. We say things like, you know, we're, we're saved by faith, not by works. But mm-hmm. then we go out and we live a life that's completely counter to that. That's and right. we think all the good things we do somehow merit uh, our relationship with God to be closer. It's just not true. Nope. It's just not true. 
Yeah. The other thing I I, uh, I put is remember that God asks for your faithfulness, not for results. And we you kind of already touched on this, but Dude, we're on the same wavelength. Today. We are, man. It's but you know a lot of it's because we've talked a lot about this stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've had lots of conversations about these things, uh, and these are things that I think you and I have both learned from experience Absolutely. by being in the trenches, right? Get in the trenches, going through it. You know, yeah. live fire going by our heads, yeah. and we're learning these things yeah. the hard way sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, but that's why that's why we do this podcast. Honestly, is because yeah. we want you know. We want to share what we've learned with others. Learn from Not our that mistakes. we're experts or anything. No. And that's man. the whole premise of this podcast Far is that we're, we're in it with everybody else that's listening. Right. But, um, you know, God hasn't called us to, to save our city or yeah. to change our city. Yeah. He's called us to faithfulness. You yeah. know, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul says, you know, I planted, Apollos watered, that's right. God gave the growth. Yeah. You already mentioned the parable of the four soils. Um, yeah. And right after that parable in Mark 4 uh, Jesus tells another parable in, in verses 26 to 29. It's one of my favorite ones. And he says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed yeah. uh, on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows and he does not know how. Yeah. And I just love that imagery because it's like, all we got to do is go drop that seed on the ground. And it's a mystery. Like we wake up in the yeah. morning and we look and we're like, wow. And it's kind of like in church planting, you yeah. know, like I know, um, you know, we've been sowing a lot of seed over the past six months and it's like I wake up today and I and I look back and I reflect on what's God's doing. I'm like, wow, like there's just stuff growing and I don't even know yeah. how it's happening. Like God's yeah. doing it, right? Absolutely, man. So, yeah, absolutely. That's so good, dude. Last thing I would say is check your heart for idols. Mm. Have you made ministry an idol? And I think that there's Woo, a good that's a that's an episode, Tyler, right there, man. Oh yeah. We'll 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 probably do a whole episode. There's a litmus test, I think. There's one question that you can ask yourself that will probably give you the answer mm-hmm. if you're being honest with yourself. And that's here's the question. If God told you that you were never going to see another convert and that no one would ever know your name yeah. and that you'd never have a dynamic, dynamic ministry, would you still follow his call? Yeah. Like no results, no visible fruit, no recognition yeah. or affirmation from other people. Would you still say yes and would you still continue to go and to do it. Like if you got the call of Jeremiah, Hey Jeremiah, I'm going to send you to the people and they're going to hate you and nobody's ever going to listen to you. Yeah. Would you go? Yeah. And everybody listening is like, amen, brother. I would, (laughs) but well, well, (laughs) you know, Peter said, I'll never, I'll never deny you. That's right. Right. And uh, we don't know our hearts, man. Jeremiah says our hearts are wicked and Mm -hmm. deceitful. So we got to look for idols. That's right. That's right. You know, I, I think that if the it answer to that question isn't yes, then, yeah. you know, ministry may be an idol. And I think it's an idol that can rise up uh, at various times in our hearts. Hey, man, let's just real practically for a second sure. talk about this. Okay. I think another great question is how you feel on Sunday afternoons. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, like if a lot of people, we could get away from the metrics all we want to. Mm-hmm regardless of model if you're a house church model right and yep. and and you got like 16 people in your regular uh gathering on on, on sunday mornings or saturday whatever you gather and like half of them are out of town and yep. you went from 16 to like eight mm-hmm. you know it feels like a loss in some ways yep. and so what what do you feel like on that sunday afternoon 
when maybe things didn't happen the way they were supposed to yeah. in your Sunday morning gathering. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this. You and I have talked about this. You know, somebody uh, somebody screaming in the middle of your sermon or crying or getting up or causing a distraction yeah. or or a song just completely going off the rails, you know, or, or um, somebody on your worship team like not knowing the song like they're supposed to know it mm-hmm. and they're off court or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, man. You know, and how do you feel about that? Yeah. Like how do you find pleasure in in having the privilege to stand up and proclaim the good news of Jesus? Yeah. Whether the gym is packed or whether it, there's a lot of empty chairs. Mm-hmm. Understanding those are the questions we have to ask ourselves as church planters. Yeah. Uh, understanding that our cuz that's the identity question. Our identity is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Whether that gym is packed or whether there's a lot of empty seats and we're doing everything we can. It's not about like, let's change our methods. We got to get more people in here or this. Sometimes you got to make those adjustments, obviously, yeah. and, and listen to the Holy Spirit. But the question I always like to ask myself is to piggyback on what you said is, what do I feel like on Sunday afternoons? Mm-hmm. So is the litmus test just what happens in that Sunday morning service? Or is it, you know, my identity is in Christ and he's doing things in spite of me. And here's another thing. Things that I can't even see. Yeah, he's working and moving in ways I don't even know about. Yep, and so that's a good identity um, litmus test as well. Yeah, I just um, uh, posted an article, uh, kind of reflecting back on um, how I've dealt with disappointment and unmet expectations uh, during my church planning journey. I posted it on our on our website. You can go check it out at uh, www.getinthetrenches.com. But um, I talked about Isaiah 55, right? That yeah. like we all know Isaiah 55, 8, 9, you know, my ways are not your ways, yeah. neither are my thoughts your thoughts, declares the Lord. And it's easy for us as pastors to quote that passage yeah. and call our people to apply that to our lives. But yeah. pastor, church planner, are you willing to apply that to your life, to your yeah. ministry, to mm-hmm. your church plant? That, you know, God's ways are not your ways. That's right. And God may be moving in ways that are not visible and maybe God's plan for your church is not to become a church of 500 people. Maybe God's plans not for your church to multiply to, you know, a hundred more churches. Yeah. Um, we don't know why God does what he does and the way that he does it all the time. Maybe God wants to kill your church. Right. So that he can show you that that's not his calling for your life. Sure. And some people's lives are going to be changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As a result of your faithfulness to go and and do the work that God's called you to, but maybe that's just for a season. That's right. Like we're gonna we're gonna do an episode about uh, having some church planters on that have quote unquote failed mm-hmm. in their plan and what that looks like, and mm-hmm. that's a huge identity issue, yep. right? How does that feel when when you, what you thought was what God was calling you to didn't quite work out? Yeah. Well, I, you know, you think about if we're looking for you know uh, like affirmation from God based upon you know how successful quote unquote successful our church plants are being well you know uh, it's really illogical when you think about it because you know then what are we going to say about you know uh the apostle paul and the apostle peter and Mm -hmm. uh, and all basically all the 12 disciples i mean what 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 was the end of their lives like well they were all martyred you know so that wasn't actually exactly in their best interest yeah right yeah Um, but you know does that mean that god didn't love them no of course not and, you know, not every church plant's going to just blow up and become yeah. this incredible, you know, story that's going to be written about in magazines and things right. like that. Yeah. And here, here, here's a sobering thought for all of us church planners. You know, go visit ch- the church at Ephesus today. 
<laughs> How are they doing? Yeah. Like, are they growing? No, they, they're not there. Yep. Like every church will eventually die. Yep. Um, there is, there is a, a start date and a death date for every single church. That's right. And it's, it's part of God's kingdom activity. Mm-hmm. It's what happens. Right. And so if your identity is in how successful your church is, um, now don't misunderstand me. We're not, we're not advocating, you know, starting churches and they're, they're nowhere to be found, you know, in a no. few years later, we want to plant healthy churches. That's right. But, but if your identity is in, um, how big your church is, how many churches you multiply, how many residents you have in your, your pipeline, all that kind of stuff. If your identity or, or is in those things, man, it is fool's gold. Yep. It is fool's gold. That's right. And very, very early on, I, I remember, man, we, 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 we had our first kind of public thing that we did. We knew nothing about church plan. I still feel like I know nothing, but um, we, we had our first public little thing. It was a Christmas Eve, Eve candlelight service. We thought it was so clever. You know, we did it on December 23rd. Yeah. You know, we thought it was so funny. And the thing was just like a train wreck, man. Uh, you've heard the story in the middle of my sermon, you know, like this, this, uh, uh, little, oh, what was it? Like a centerpiece. It was a pine cone, and we put it too close to the candles. It caught on fire <laughs> in the middle of my preaching. You know, like I was thundering away to like a room of like eighteen, and it was terrible. And Eric and I had engaged the harvest. We had uh, sent out like ten thousand mailers and and did all that stuff. And I'll never forget on the way home, Erica looked at me and she said, "Why didn't God bring people?" Mm. And I just was like, baby, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't I can't assume to know God's ways and his plans. Yeah. But through that, we we have a I could write a book on stories just like that. Right. And and what we've learned through that is man, when those hard times come, when those when those valleys come, if you are not fixed and focused on the goodness of Jesus Christ, then you are in big, big trouble as a church planner. Just Mm -hmm. you're, you're in big, big trouble because he is good. Jesus is good. He is so good. He is good when things are going as planned and and masses are coming and he is good when it's just you and your core team. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, I I want, I don't want to preach here, but I'm just saying like, it's, I'm, I'm so passionate about this. And I know you are too, because I just see so many guys hurt. Yep. I deal with so many. I have the privilege to, to, to coach and talk to a lot of church planners across North America and, and now the world. And and they're hurting, man, mm-hmm. because they don't get this principle. Yep. It's not about, and it's so worldly. Mm-hmm. It's so worldly. The kingdom of God is upside down. It's not of this world. Right. And we're trying to equate success, quote unquote, with starting businesses and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and business growth. And we're taking those principles and we're applying them to the church. And I just can't help but wonder what God thinks about all this. Yeah. You know, and he never calls us to that. That's right. I mean, you just reminded me this morning uh, during my quiet time, I was reading Psalm 56. And um, David starts out in the first kind of five, six verses talking about his enemies are attacking him. Um, you know, he says, uh, my enemies trample on me all day long. Uh, many attack me proudly. Then he gets to verse eight, and he he speaks truth to himself. He he says to God, he prays to God, yeah. "You have kept count of my tossing. That's right. You put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call." And this was the phrase that just stuck out to me right here. Yeah. He said, "This I know, 
that God is for me. Amen. This I know that God is for Amen. me. So planter, when you have 18 people show up at your second service yeah. after a hundred showed up at your launch, like I did, that's right. And you get in the car afterwards and you think to yourself, why didn't God bring more people? This I know that God is for That's me. Right, when you have, you know, one of your new disciples that you were pumped about, yeah. who you just baptized, and they were sharing with their friends, and you've already written about yep. them in their news in your newsletter, and you're pumped. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you talk to them and tell them like, "Hey, you probably shouldn't date an unbeliever," and they get mad at you and they leave the church. Yeah, because that happened to us. And take some people with them. This I know that God is for me. That's right. Every time. Amen. This I know that God is for me yeah. because again, going back to the gospel, he demonstrated it on the cross. That's right, Ron, man. Romans 5, 8. Yeah, go, praise so God. Good. Speaking that, that's truth. You don't have to wonder about that, right? You that's don't right. have to guess. That's the word of God. It's truth. Right. And applying those principles in your life early as a church planner <clears throat> is so helpful. We, yeah. we, we, we've learned so many lessons, right? Yeah. As a network on how, how to help planters see that, um, what success looks like success man for us looks like faithfulness yep. you know faithfully loving christ first mm-hmm. and foremost spending time with him every single day yep. um you know faithfully spending time in the harvest on a <clears throat> weekly basis faithfulness looks like if you're married loving your wife sacrificially serving your wife mm-hmm. you know sacrificially serving your kids if you have children yep. you know doing those things yep. and and all the other metrics yes we keep track of that stuff because we want to grow we want to help planners mm-hmm. grow and all that stuff there's nothing wrong with that but mm-hmm. they don't get the foundational stuff <laughs> first man then you're in big trouble That's right you're in big trouble you're destined to fail in my That's opinion right. well matt we better get to the marching orders yeah so I would say this, uh, you know, I think uh, this was just kind of off the top of my head, kind of playing off of what you just said. You know, number one for me would be keep putting one foot in front of the other. Don't quit. Yeah. Uh, Galatians 6, 9, uh, you know, says uh, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't grow weary of doing good is what it says. The other thing I would encourage you to do is I think it's so easily easy for us to slip into negativity and to notice everything that God's not doing, right? Everything that's not happening. So just do something as simple as write down a list Mm -hmm. of what God is doing, Mm -hmm. church planter. Like the fact that you're even called to the gospel ministry is a miracle in itself. The fact that you're even saved, that you're even born again is a miracle in and of itself. So, so write down those things and just spend some time meditating on that and and basking in that and praising God for it. And I bet you, you'll find that it'll change your attitude on some of the other things. Yeah, man, that's good. I I don't know if I have any clear marching orders right now. I I would just kind of piggyback on what you said. I remember early on in, in our journey, I did that exact same thing, what you just now said. Mm-hmm. We were seeing a lot of opposition. We were seeing a lot of persecution. And I took out my notebook and I and I wrote down the negative things. I wrote down the things. I split the columns and I wrote down some of the things. And it was like three things. Yeah. And then I just started making a list of people's lives that had been changed. Mm-hmm. I started making a list of all these things. And the positives far outweighed the negatives. Yeah. And so I would just say keep on going back to what the Bible says about you. Amen. Keep on going back to what the Word of God says about you. Um, don't let Satan lie to you. Don't don't, don't let him come and, and kill and destroy the work. And man, Eric and I quote that verse constantly. You know, we constantly quote that verse, my wife and I, and, and we talk about it all the time. I've oftentimes wondered how many planters, pastors, missionaries, um, shepherds, teachers... I've oftentimes wondered how many people have quit right before there was going to be a breakthrough. Yep. 
right before there's going to be a breakthrough. And here, here's what I would just leave with. If there's never the breakthrough, God's still good. Right. <laughs> He's still good, man. Yep. This I know that God is for me. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure you head over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com, to listen to other episodes. And uh, we're also, I, me personally, I'm doing a good bit of writing, so we've got blog posts uh, up there. Hey, we need your help in getting the word out. So if yeah. you're enjoying uh, Get In The Trenches podcast at all, uh, one thing that will really, really make a difference for us is if you can go onto iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, whatever your favorite platform is, we're on all three of those, and hit the subscribe button uh, and give us a rating, five-star ratings only, please. And only then five leave, stars. And leave a written review. Uh, that actually, it really matters. The more written reviews that you leave, uh, the more uh, subscribers we have and the more exposure we can get. Because we want this podcast to get into the hands of other church planters and people on church planting teams uh, so that it can be a benefit to them as well. Uh, so we'd be extremely grateful for you if you would do that for us. So we'll be back with another episode next Monday. So until then, church planters, go out there and get in those trenches.